0: Welcome to Focus Schools Podcast, Leading for Impact. My name is Brett Bishop, and I've been working for Focus Schools for quite some time and really excited to be here today and be joined by my colleagues and good friends. Uh, First, Kathy Crum. How are you today, Kathy?
1: I'm great, Brett. Thank you.
0: And a special guest star today. We're excited to have our colleague, Ashley Santiago. How are you today, Ashley?
1: I'm great. Thanks, Brett.
0: We're really pleased to have Ashley here today because we're continuing our podcast to chronicle the Focus Framework 2.0 as we induct this all into the work. And Focus Framework 4 is our focus today. And Ashley has such expertise in this area that we're really pleased to have her to come on and help teach us a little bit about how schools might think about Focus Framework 4 from several different angles. So Kathy, just want to get us started. And and, uh, Ashley, again, thanks so much for being here.
2: Yeah. So Ashley, I've been really excited to be able to um, work with you and learn all the things that you know about data. You've already taught me a lot of things in a shorter period of time because that is your passion and your expertise. So we're really fortunate to have you on here today. So teach us a little bit about Focus Framework 4.
1: Sure. Well, first of all, thanks so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here because as you both said, data is a passion of mine. I'm sort of the data nerd on our Focus Schools team, and I'm so thrilled to fulfill that role because as a teacher, I I just found data to be so valuable. And it wasn't really until I got involved with Focus Schools that I got to see how just how impactful it can be when you approach it in a really strategic and meaningful way. And that's what Focus Framework 4 is all about. And it's The formal language in the framework says it's utilizing an internal system for measuring growth towards goals, actions, and outcomes. But what that really means is how is your team really getting strategic about collecting, analyzing, communicating about, and acting upon data? One thing that I always try to stress when I am talking to anybody about Focus Framework 4 or talking about data that we might find in our schools is that data is more than assessment scores, right? We so often, we hear data and it's like, okay, test scores, especially those, you know, those high stakes standardized test scores that come up at the end of the year that are mandated by states. And that is, That is a single data point, and that is an important one, but that's not everything. So what I try to stress is that data can be those test scores at the end of the year. That's one piece. It can also be the formative assessments that teachers are giving throughout the year, which may or may not be a test. Focus Framework 4 is not about creating and giving more tests to your students, uh, which is another sort of misconception that can come up. Data is also about looking at student work. So what are your students authentically doing and producing in the classroom? How are they acting, right? Are they showing up to school, your attendance data, that's something to take a look at. How are they interacting with each other? How are they following classroom procedures? Are your families engaged? What are your families and students saying? What are you observing if you're a teacher or a coach? What are you observing in a classroom? If you are a coach or a school leader or you're a teacher who has the opportunity to be going out and doing learning walks, what are you seeing in your schools? So I know I just gave a lot of examples, so that kind of might sound a little haphazard, but it's all about thinking about what are our opportunities to collect information about both what is working and what might not be working yet in our schools, and then creating a systematic plan to have the conversations about it, to celebrate the work that we are doing and that is going well, and then to take action on anything that we do need to address to make sure that our students are moving in the right direction.
0: I I think you touched on some things here that are really central to, as you mentioned, the leaders that we work with, because oftentimes, for good or for bad, people's perception in schools is that when we say the word data, it means something negative. It can bring forth negative feelings. And you know I experienced that um you know both as a teacher and then as assistant principal and a principal, and largely because the schools i, I worked in were oftentimes on the state year in trouble lists and those kind of things, so we started to have negative feelings around data but i I wondered if you might be able to just help us to reframe that conversation and, and think differently about um how data can not can move from a negative place in our
1: heads absolutely and and I think it's so important to put in the work of creating that narrative or changing that narrative, right, with your school teams, that data is not a witch hunt, but a treasure hunt. And I'm absolutely stealing that from one of our Focus Schools team members. We need to know what's going on in our schools and in our classrooms. That's the only way that we're going to truly serve students and move them from where they are to where they need to be. Sometimes the data is going to tell us stories that we're not in love with, right? We're going to see that some of our students are having trouble or that something we're trying isn't working. But if we think about data as an opportunity to acknowledge what is working, right? Because our educators in our schools are working tirelessly. They can't work any harder, right? They are working tirelessly to try to get our students to where they need to be. So we need to, A, find out what are they doing that's working so we can celebrate it and so that we can repeat it. The other thing is that time is one of the most precious and limited resources that our schools have so we need our data to tell us what is and isn't working so that we can stop wasting that precious resource of time on things that aren't working for our students data is not about working harder, or again, creating more tests, or, you know, changing what you're doing in terms of, oh, well, now this is one more thing on my plate. Data is an opportunity to say, I am going to just focus on those things that are actually leading to outcomes for my students, so that I'm not spending my time on and energy on things that aren't central to moving my students forward. So, it's absolutely thinking about data as an opportunity as opposed to uh, you know this punishment or this this doom and gloom and we need to our schools absolutely need to be taking opportunities to recognize and celebrate the positives that are happening there is good work happening in all of our schools regardless of what You know, those standardized test data sets may be telling us. So we need to be going on those treasure hunts. We need to be celebrating the growth that is happening. And our teachers, our principals, our coaches, our paraeducators, they need to be hearing those positive messages because it's tough out there right now. Our students and families need to be hearing those messages and data can provide that for us. And then we also just need to make sure that we're very deliberate in our school teams about why we're looking at data it's not a witch hunt it's not because someone's coming for your job it's not because you know you're a good teacher you're a bad teacher or all of those things it's not a blame game it's about we're all in this we're all in this because we want better outcomes for our students and this is a tool that we are going to use to make sure that the work we are doing is leading to meaningful outcomes for kids
0: I love the notion of shifting our eyes from the teaching to the learning that um, John Hattie, you know, messaged across the world of knowing my impact and just this looking and, and shifting the questions so that people feel like we're looking more at the learning. And so things like, well, what, what do you think this group of students needs next? Is a, is a different question than well what went wrong with your teaching right and so I, I just I, I think that that's the, the the position that you're advocating helps so much because it changes the culture around what we're using that for yeah so kathy, you want to um, talk a little yeah. bit further about that
2: Sure, and I also just uh, you you um, are reminding me that it's um, a system too of deciding what to collect and then creating systems for how to collect that and then how we're going to use that. And I loved what you said about it's an opportunity for us to focus on things that are working as opposed to things that are not working or in addition to maybe. So when you approach it that way, it really does it really does help to become a really positive thing in your school. And of course, the idea of a treasure hunt, you know, makes it makes it feel like like, okay, let's do this. Let's, let's put our hands together and do this. So um, when you think about that, there's a million ways to do this. And some of them feel really cumbersome to me, you know, when I'm uh, in groups with people that are looking at data. But um, do you have some, some tools or some tips for us to support Focus Framework for?
1: Absolutely. And one of the sort of beautiful things about Focus Framework 4, but also admittedly complicated pieces, is that this system of looking at our data is going to look different at different schools, right? Because depending on the context of your school, the grade level, the assessment system you might have in place, all of these pieces are going to come into play to determine sort of what data, again, do you need to be collecting? I have sat with schools where they have a million and one data points and it's not useful. If all you have are all of these maybe beautiful charts and graphs, but so much so that you don't have the time to say, well, what does this mean for our students? What does this mean for our next steps? Then data is just a number if if we're not able to act on it and if we're not able to do something with it. So one tool that I really like to use with school teams when they are looking at their data, so you've identified, okay, this, this is important to the work that we are doing based on our context, is the good news. Urgent news, bold next steps protocol. And all that it does is it's just a way of looking at a data set to say, okay, what is that good news? Because you can always find good news. There's always something that you can point to that says, hey, what we are putting in the hard work and it is changing something for our students for the better. What is the urgent news? What do we need to immediately address? Because this is sort of crisis level for our students. So we need to do something about this and we need to do something about it now. And then what does that mean? What, What are we going to do about it? What is that next step that we are going to concretely take right now? Not next semester, not next year, right? But right now, what are we going to do to address that urgent news that we have found? And one cautionary piece or just sort of piece to to keep in mind when you are doing this protocol when you're going through and looking at that good news in your in your or your categorizing good news and urgent news stick to the facts it's not about oh well you know so and so said and this because you're just talking about what are the facts what are these numbers if they're numbers or what are these observations what are they telling us about what's happening with our students right now and then based on what we see what what can we concretely do about it to address the good news and the urgent news.
0: Also interested. I, I love the I, I, the protocol you're describing and the tool you're describing. I love. I think it's great because I, the beauty of it is the simplicity. The, the challenge to me um, is two things. One is, you know, starting with the good news. Sometimes that's hard for people because they're so used to just looking for what went wrong. Um, I think we have that you know voice in our head in education, just like, say surgeons or auto mechanics or anybody who just is always diagnosing problems. so we we are guilty of not celebrating progress first. So I love that we go first with that. The other thing that I find challenging, which is um, a big interest to me, is the word bold in the bold next steps. Um, because to me, the degree to which we can really be bold, and when I say bold, one of the things I often encourage, schools to do is to make at least one of the next steps that you describe have significant impact on, on tier one core instruction. So if we talk about things that are, you know, other than tier, instru- tier one instruction, I don't think that's a bad thing, but I think absent of tier one instruction, sometimes we're not maybe making the word bold come alive. I also think that one of the things in that bold next step is the idea that if a teacher who isn't on the ILT reads the step, they should know exactly what you mean. It, it should be a step that's so clear to them when they read it, like, oh, okay, I, I know what this means here. And that's different for different schools, but I, I do think that's a good measure to put on that word bold. Um, and I find that to be one of the things that helps ILTs, you know, really measure how their work is doing, you know, to what degree are they actually being bold in their next steps. Um, so really cool stuff.
2: I feel like too, I've seen schools communicate those sort of um, opportunities, good news opportunities and bold next steps or urgent news and bold next steps um, to their families. And then those are like a promise, you know, so if you say, yeah. I'm, I'm going to do this, then this is, um this is a promise that you have to try it. And usually in that case, you know, you just pick one or two that are going to really make an impact.
0: That That's an interesting thing to me too, when you talk about that, um, when you, when you're, I think when you. When you get to a place where you can communicate things like that, like your data results or the, the pain points in it for you um, and next steps, when you can be really open about that, to me, there's something, there's efficacy that comes from that because it's a confidence that says, you know, we're not going to put our, you know, our pain points in the shadows. We're going to put them right out there. And that would be a school I'd want to send my own children to um, because they're saying, Hey, we're struggling with this thing, but here's what we're doing to work on it. And I, I, I found as a principal, well, if I wanted something to get done, if I announced it to the kids, <laughs> the kids would be, Oh, when are we doing that thing? That... <laughs> and so when you're public about things, you know, people tend to ask you about them and it puts a little, like puts us on the hook. I just think that that's kind of a neat strategy to say, you know, to parents, Hey, here's our bold next steps. So I just also want to say again, Ashley, thank you so much for joining this podcast today. Your expertise in this area is endless and so helpful. Kathy and I just love learning from folks like you when we come on this podcast. So thank you so much for being here.
1: Thanks so much for having me.
0: And also want to anyone's listening. Thank you for listening. We appreciate that and hope that you will, in addition to listen to this, listen to other podcasts that we have posted on our website. We are um, excited to have this as a way to connect with you. Also, there are multiple ways that we like to connect with you, <clears throat> where you can go to our website and see our connect to our social media pages, um, or also the uh, opportunity of getting to our read our blog and see two way opportunities through our social media to also share the things that you're doing and learn from others across the country and in addition to thanking you for your time listening we want to thank you for the work that you do Um, you are heroes in the world of the lives of children who need you and we recognize that even when the days are tough and they're long we know that you are making a big difference so thanks for being the, the people who are doing that for kids.